0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, hey, hey Life on Closet Family. It is time once again for us to celebrate pride. Yes, we are. We are just a week into pride. In fact, this is the first, well, not really the first pride show, but last week was kind of like the buildup where we talked about the beautiful movie, Ronnie. And we talked with Hamad Rizvi about his beautiful movie. And now this week we are here. We are actually in Pride Month. And I thought, what better way to kick off Pride Month than to have a real conversation about all those questions you have when you're coming out of the closet that you're afraid to ask. And this friend of mine has been on the show before. Her name is Anne-Marie Zanzel. And I just thought, you know, this could be really good for her and I to have this chat because we both came out of the closet later in life. We have navigated both sides of the fence, the hetero and the homo, and we thought, let's dive in and really have some questions. So Anne-Marie, welcome back to the podcast. So excited to have you here once again.
1: Thank you, Rick, for having me.
0: Of course, of course. So I have to confess, this whole idea about this was actually Anne-Marie's idea to have (laughs) these like questions. So it wasn't my magic moment, it's hers. And I'm so glad that she did because I think this is a really valid thing to kind of kick off Pride Month. So here's how we're going to play this, gang. So stick with us. We've got 30 minutes to help you answer all the unanswered questions about coming out. And if you believe that, then we need to have a deeper talk because we can't cover all that in 30 minutes. But here's how we're going to do this. Anne-Marie and I have each come up with a list of questions that I think most people ask. And we're going to pose our question, and then we're both going to talk about it a little bit. And that's how we're going to play this out. Does that sound good,
1: Anne-Marie? It sounds great.
0: Cool, cool. So, and if you hear some weird stuff in the background, people, it's because suddenly the the landscape people decide today's the day they're going to come listen and cause hell in my life. But that's okay. I think my microphone won't pick it up. So, all right, Anne-Marie, to you. Why don't you kick us off with the very first question on your list? Because I think you would be a great place to start. So, what's the question?
1: So um, a lot of people, when they first start coming out, men or women, a lot they start telling the people they love. They start telling their straight friends and stuff like that. And invariably, they get this: "Do you think it's a phase?"
0: <laughs> yes, it's a phase. Just like I'm going to try to lose weight. It's a phase. No. Yes, going bald. It's a phase.
1: No. no. <laughs> uh, but okay, and that's one of
0: the most frustrating questions, isn't it? It just right. that one drives me nuts.
1: Well, and also, too, because, you know, the thing is, is that so I for all of us that have come out later in life and people who are listening to actually get to the place where you say to someone, I think I'm gay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, for some of us, it's been 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, a couple months. And so to get to the place where you're actually able to tell another person this. Mm -hmm. It's not a phase. It's something you've been thinking we've been thinking about for a very long time And so that's really frustrating for people. Don't you think
0: I agree? And it it is not a phase We you know as much as I hate to like fuel a little bit of the fire Because sometimes when I say something like I'm about to say people are gonna go, well, well, then why didn't you get married? But we've always kind of known we just we just weren't ready we well, baked. We weren't ready to come out of the oven. Well, out of the closet or the oven, whatever way you yeah. want to look at it. But well, if, I
1: like, I like to think of it as dissociation. A lot of us who've stayed in the closet for way too long. Um, you know, we, a lot of us, we under the mistake, we sort of know it's out there. Like it pops up in our life again and again and again, but like, we think that we don't have to acknowledge it. That's yeah. the thing. And yeah. So we really struggle with the part I caught. Like when I came out, I I always say that that's when I finally acknowledged who I actually mm-hmm. was. Yep. And then the second thing too, so I belong, I'm the moderator of a secret uh, online group and okay. uh, we have 1,600 women. So if you're interested, hey. contact me and I can put you in this group. Mm-hmm.
0: And we will, um, we will make it easy for you to contact <laughs> yeah. and figure yeah. this all out. So. Yeah,
1: but um, So, so this is what we say. So, Straight girls don't lie awake at night wondering if they're gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just don't. So that is like, for me, that is why it is not a face. <laughs> yep.
0: Exactly. So to bounce off from that face. So here's the question that I hear a lot. And Actually, I'm going to put two together because they kind of, they kind of go hand in hand with beliefs that we have. Um, uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because one of the beliefs that a lot of people face is the question of well, does God really hate homosexuals? And you know, is there, is there a reason to believe that I, if I am this, will I ever find a mate? It's kind of like, these are like two big fears that people face. So mm-hmm. I know personally for me, um, the God one was a big one, um, even though my family wasn't hugely religious, but coupled right along with that was when they would say, God doesn't believe in that because if God didn't believe if he believed in it, then he wouldn't have made man and woman. So there's the whole mate thing starts to show up. Do we have this embedded? Like, okay, well, I guess I if I'm gay, I can never have a mate. I can never find real love. Blah 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 blah. blah. Sound familiar?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not fun.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of layers to what you just said. I as, know.
0: As, I know. As, like as a a right there. Yeah, that's a, yeah. we
1: could have a whole show on that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but so I'm going to just bounce off your question, your God yeah. question. Okay. So I know in conservative churches, and I didn't uh, in very conservative churches, even when they acknowledge that homosexuality exists, yes, and that you're created this way you are supposed to say single your entire life. And I think that's what you were trying to get to. Yeah, exactly. And, And the thing is, is that I don't believe in a God that would want us to be alone for our entire life. Um, I do think when you open yourself up to how you are created to be that the, uh, I call it the universe, the universe responds and you end up meeting all kinds of people. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't think you, I think people do find mates all the time. time. Um, and so, and I just want to throw this out there. If you are somebody who comes from a really conservative religious tradition, um, Uh, uh, In Dallas, there's a great church called the Cathedral of Hope. It is a very uh, big LGBTQ church, and they have amazing resources on their website that will answer all your God Mm -hmm. and gay questions. (laughs) You see, I come from a very progressive tradition, so that part was never a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I never felt that being gay was sinful or anything. And and I think
0: it's interesting in this day and age where, you know – faith has become an even more of a personal thing and you don't have to have your butts in seat in a pew in a church to have it. I think we're going to see some definite shifts in this because I think the progressive mindset, we won't go down the evangelical route. Yeah. um, But the progressive mindset of really is, is this what God really intended is really starting to question a lot of
1: things. Right. Right. That's what you
0: said. I don't think here's my, here's where I have this whole God talk in my own head and have the God talk. And actually, it's so interesting now that Pete Buttigieg is um, running for president. Mm-hmm. Came out and said, "You know, if you have a problem with me, then you have a problem with my creator." Because I actually felt that way when I was going through this. Now, gosh, it's, it is literally 20 years ago this year mm-hmm. that I, I went through this journey. Not that it's a done journey, which we'll, we'll talk about okay, that neither. either later in this podcast and stay tuned. We're going to have another podcast with Anne-Marie in a couple of weeks where we take some more of this um, content go deeper. But I believe that the whole God thing is for me to say, if that's the kind of God that feels that way towards me, I have a hard time believing in that kind of God.
1: Well, yes. And So I believe in a loving God, so and 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 a life force and all those things like that. So when you believe in that, so it takes away other things. Like I don't believe in hell. (laughs) I just can't. It's not compatible with a loving God. So and a lot of times people um, stay on, no pun intended, the straight Uh and narrow because they are worried about. Eternity and what's going to have to happen after, and and their souls afterwards, because it's been so ingrained in us and them and we mm-hmm. and all that. So I think once you take the piece of uh, hell away from a loving yeah. God, then it really just be who God created you to be, or the universe, or your higher power, whatever you call that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to Anne Marie's second question, which is.
1: Should I stay married for my children? Well,
0: of course you should, just because you should stay married and pretend this doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) Uh, But that, I think for men and women who have children, Mm -hmm. who are married, it is one of the, even, I'm going to say, it it doesn't mean just gay people. Mm -hmm. People who are unhappy in their marriages and stay married just because of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you, 20 years ago, I was a big believer in that. Um, but I've learned, I've grown in wisdom. And first of all, I think the kids deserve a happy mom or dad, Mm -hmm. whether you're, whether it's you're leaving your marriage because you're gay or trans or whatever, or you're leaving your marriage because you're simply unhappy. Mm -hmm. Kids know when parents are unhappy, even though they may not say it. Um, kids, it is good for our kids to see us make healthy decisions for ourselves it is good for them to see dad for dad to sit down and say you know guys i i think i'm gay i need to go out and explore this for myself because i need to be who i you know who i was created to be or who i think i am because it gives our children such amazing lessons
0: absolutely I agree hundred yeah. percent. You know, to yeah. it's, the, it's the lesson of there's nothing greater than the gift of giving yourself the gift of being yourself.
1: Right. Right. And you know, have you had the experience, my partner talks about the full bra- embrace and the half embrace. So yeah. a lot of people who are listening may have had this experience when they've come out and they tell somebody and they say, Oh, how are the kids? <laughs> How's your spouse? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh my gosh. But I tell you the Best in full embrace I ever got that 's when someone 's accepting and loving and celebrating you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a woman that I knew from my old town came up to me and i hadn 't seen her in years. She goes, "Oh my God, I heard you came out. That is so amazing you're giving your children such an example of how they should live their lives and be, care about their own happiness and you know and I was like, "Wow, thank you. Right. <laughs> it was like the first and so that there are lots of nuances to this, of course. But if you are truly unhappy in your marriage or truly unhappy in your lives, don't stay there just because you have children.
0: And children I love are this
1: adaptable.
0: Absolutely, and I love this question because actually, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move right to another question that Anne Marie has on her list because I think the two go hand in hand. We have been raised, especially those of us who are in the baby boomer generation, like myself and Anne Marie, that anything like this is selfish. And anything you do like to leave a marriage because you're unhappy or whatever, you know, it's all about you just stick with it. And Anne-Marie has a question about this. It's about, is it selfish for me to come out? And I can't help but put those two things together. Should I stay Mm -hmm. in marriage for my children? And if I do this, am I being selfish? And I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many times some people very close to me, you know, their names are mom and dad, told me Mm -hmm. how selfish I was being. You know, and I thought, you know, that's interesting because you guys have a really shitty marriage and you've stuck together, you've both screwed around on each other, and you're going to tell me that I'm being selfish? I don't <laughs> think so. doesn't play that way. So, um, but um, I hate it when I hear somebody, especially, you know, when I'm working with a client in this arena, you go, but, you know, I feel so selfish. And so what I do oftentimes, and I hope anybody who's listening that feels this way, is I ask you, what would be the selfless thing to do then? If you feel this mm. selfish, what would be the selfless thing to do? What would be the self care thing to do
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. what happens is if you're really taking care of yourself, you wouldn't be putting yourself through this torture.
1: Right. That's a really good point. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that one, Rick. No, you cannot <laughs> steal it.
0: That's mine, 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 mine. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting space when we give up. And, and again, and this isn't in anything, you know, I work with people, in all different walks of life, coming out of different kinds of closets, and I was working with one of my exec clients, and um, he's really struggling about oh, God. I just want to leave this job. I've got this great, high-paying, high-caliber, high-position job. I just want to do something of purpose, but I feel so selfish because then how will I, you know, how will I take care of this life I have built for my family and da 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 da. And I use the same thing with him. I said, so what would make it selfless? What would make it self-caring? Yeah. And that's when he really got it. Yeah, yeah, it's really important.
1: So. Yeah, and you know, I'm just going to add. Um, so, for women, because that's the you work mm-hmm. with men, I work with women. Yeah. Um, we are we are trained from childhood. Absolutely. Put everybody else first. Yep. So when we actually start to put ourselves first, it does feel selfish um we do get accused of being selfish Mm -hmm. but really we are just taking care of ourselves because we need it and you know the funny thing is is that once you start to do this process and you begin to take care of yourself yes things will change there might be some upheaval for a while but eventually everything sort of starts to fall back into a place in a new way of being and so you know, it, it. We have to, you know, get beyond thinking of it as selfish. We really do. It. It really does. It does solve a lot of problems. I'm just going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you, it creates other ones, but it does solve other. You know, sometimes it's. It's like for a lot of us, it's the missing piece. And so, yeah. once we have found that missing piece, it is very important that we integrate all of it into Absolutely. our lives. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I love that you brought up the missing piece because it kind of is a nice segue into the next question on my list, which (laughs) some people are going to go really people say this. And I'm like, yes they do because there are so many things. So we talked about a lot of things that hold people back. We've talked about maybe I won't find a mate. Does God hate me? Can this be a phase? Should I stay in the marriage? You know, is this going to make me selfish for coming out? But one of the things, so think about all those things I just listed folks. And then the person says, well, I've never really had sex with anybody of the same sex, but I really want to. And I just know that's what I want to experience. So does that make me gay? <laughs> and you've, most people have heard about a lot of people who go to the bisexual you know, base. You know, the First base is bisexual. Second base is somewhere in confusion. Finally, third base, you land wherever you are. You may still be bisexual or you end up gay, lesbian, whatever that might be. And I answer that question by saying, I don't know until you know, because Mm -hmm. you need to, you need to explore that. And yes, I have met people who are like, no, I've never had any experience. I've worked with clients who have literally had no experience in the sexual realm, but they know they're gay. And that's going to sound so strange to so many people, except those that really get what we're talking about.
1: Oh, Oh, wait a minute. I got a way for straight people can, can get this. Okay, cool. Let's go there. All right so you're 16 years old you've never slept with the opposite gender before mm-hmm. but you really really want to exactly <laughs> it's the exact same mm-hmm. thing and and so the problem is is that the meta narrative of our country is that it's heterosexual
0: exactly <laughs>
1: yeah but so for gay people we really are for for yeah, gay people we really really want to sleep with our own gender and mm-hmm. and it is it is it is all consuming especially yeah. when you let the genie out of the bottle when you're coming yeah. out later in life yes. um and it is something that you desire i'm going to tell you something i'm going to let y'all in, in a little secret now i came out without having slept with somebody mm-hmm. And I, and like now I look back on it and like, I was like, my goodness, that was pretty fearless. Um, But Mm -hmm. at the time it wasn't, it was just that my being gay, as I had said earlier in this podcast, it was disassociation. But once I finally acknowledged it and accepted it. The desire to be with somebody of of my own gender um, was so overwhelming, um, and we talk about this. We've talked about it on the last podcast about the adolescence phase, mm-hmm. and it's because I never had it the first time around. I was like, you know, seriously. When I first slept with a man, I was like, okay, I guess it's about time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I got to do this now, and that's exactly what it was when I was like nineteen years old, yeah. and so. I, you know, but with a woman, oh my God, it was ten thousand percent different. And can I just say something about sex, which no, I get a we lot.
0: Can't talk about sex on this podcast at
1: <laughs> all. I'm so kidding, all of course. We can talk about whatever the fuck
0: we want to on this
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> podcast.
1: So, so, for this is the thing, though, is that for those of us out there who have never had sex with our own gender, um, I see so many people worry about it. Like, yep. will I know what to do? How will I know what to do? Yeah, and everything exactly. like that. And you know what? Um, I'm just gonna say something. I, that like, out of all the millions of things I worried about when I was coming out, that was something I never worried about because I really believe that sex is sex, and you'll figure it out as you go along. Exactly. And and you know, you might be new and maybe inexperienced, but it still can be amazing and lovely. So you know, and don't. very personal. Don't, don't fret don't fret I, about
0: that one yeah and, and, and you know it's it's so personal and and it's so interesting because a friend of mine joe cord who's a, an amazing therapist and he does amazing work in the lgbtq community very well known he just wrote an article uh i believe it was it got put in the huffington post about men being sides now it's yeah. gonna be like so interesting for somebody to be like what do you mean i'm like Well, there's actually gay men who really don't enjoy anal sex. And so when they're at sides, they kind of do everything else other than anal sex. And like, well, but then how are they gay? Really? Let's not even go.
1: Right. It's not. Well, what I say to people is it, you know, oh, we do a whole show about this. Exactly. Um, But, but, uh, you know, being gay is yes. yeah okay yeah i sleep with a woman big deal but it's really it's really about what my emotional physical spiritual and intellectual needs are and my needs are met by a woman
0: exactly
1: straight people needs are sort of met by the opposite gender exactly and it's
0: not all about sex that's no
1: it is not and and, and that's why a lot of times people really like um, newly people coming out really struggle with the labels and stuff like mm-hmm. that because they say, you know, well, if I identify as a lesbian, people will know immediately who you sleep with. I said, yes, but if you identify as a heterosexual, they know who you sleep with, too. But we just don't say that because right. it's exactly. assumed. You know it's what I'm assumed. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's but, also interesting that a lot of people assume, which will dive right into one of the questions on my list is. Well, obviously they're that way because they've been sexually abused.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. That is a very complicated Mm -hmm. one, isn't it? It's
0: a very complicated one to unpack and I only wanted to bring it up because I think it's important to shine the light on it and Mm -hmm. to make sure, I'm going to say this right out the gate, that if that has happened in your experience, I truly invite you to go do the work with a really good Sexual therapist, somebody who can really dig into that with you because there's a lot in there. Mm -hmm. And I am speaking from experience. Mm -hmm. And I know it did not make me gay, Mm -hmm. but I do know for me, my own personal experience is when it happened, I'm like, oh, this explains so much. (laughs) (laughs) Because yes, I was young and I don't condone, I do not condone what this person did to me. But I also see it in a weird way as a blessing of now I had some questions answered.
1: Wow. It yeah. Did
0: not make me gay. Right. But it made me see, Oh, the light bulb kind of went off. Of course, you know, that was when I was seven, eight years old. And then you know, it wasn't until I was 36 that the light bulb actually said, um, we're still trying to shine a light on this. Are you going to finally really turn the light on? And I finally did. But yeah. I, I well, think a lot of people get stuck in that because of the rhetoric around <sighs> certain extremists that say that sort of stuff. And I'm not going to say 100% no, it can't because anything is possible. I'm just going to say for the most part, folks, don't buy into the rhetoric. You are Well,
1: well, and and my partner and I have spent a lot of time talking about this because it is a reality in the lesbian community as well as it is in the gay community. And And I've asked her that question and she said, you know, I don't think that's made people gay. I think it's that the experience, like if you're a woman with a girl, with a man, it just makes you know that's like, oh, that, and it just, you Mm -hmm. know, it, you know, and you're like, no, maybe she said, she said to me, which was smart, but just like you said, actually, Rick, it made, it may make people identify it earlier. Right. than people like myself, who I was not sexually abused, right. I did have inappropriate experiences with men like most women in in the whole world, but right. I was never sexually abused, you know, you know keeping you know like- and that's
0: why I just wanted to kind of like put a quick little touch on this one because it's it does come up a lot and it's gonna come up in your own in your own journey if that has been your experience. And um, God bless you, we love you. we wrap our arms around you as best as we can virtually here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you got a little extra unpacking to do to really right. know who you are. And, right.
1: and and by the way, um, in this the secret group I have online, we do have a, a subgroup that is for uh, women who are coming out who have also suffered sexual abuse. So if you know, again, I can I can hook you up with yeah. those ladies because. Um, they understand this in a way that I, unfor- unfortunately I cannot. Yep, so yep, you know, exactly. they're really helpful because that's happened a lot in the community. so yeah.
0: mm-hmm. So I think this is a good space to kind of go into your next to the last question, which is really your the last question on your list or about the community uh, or actually it's the middle one about
1: yeah might be accepted, community. yeah
0: Yeah, yeah because <laughs> I've got one similar, but I want yours first and then I'll go into mine. Uh, okay that acceptance piece it's such an interesting little journey right there
1: well yes and so I think for everybody it is different Mm -hmm. um so my again I'm referring to my partner um but she laughs because a lot of women like are are worried are like are are the other lesbians going so my my um I'm just gonna be really clear my group of people that I'm with are typically you know identify as lesbians or queer um so she goes, you know, our group is so small. Like nobody's going to be like judging you because you're coming out late in life. They're like, come on in. We need more people, you know. So um, also, too, you will find within the lesbian community as you come out
0: mm-hmm. that
1: rerun the gamut from people who come out at like at 19. Mm-hmm. There are a lot. Of women I would probably say more than in the gay community the male gay community there is a lot of women that have been married have been partnered have had children with a man and have left and have become have have acknowledged who they were when they were in their 30s 40s 50s 60s yeah. we are much more of a mixed bag of um, experiences yeah. okay having said that you may run in <laughs> two people that aren't accepting, and that really is more about them than it is about you. Totally. And especially within the lesbian community, a lot of times women will start dating a woman coming out of the closet, and they, you know, will fall in love with her, and then she will return to the closet and to her, um, her maybe even to her husband. And so once that happens to somebody, you know, you know that that word getting burned. It makes them very, very cautious again. So Mm -hmm. I have had an amazing, like I have never had any trouble with Mm -hmm. community. They've, everyone I've been met has been accepting, kind, very curious, just Mm -hmm. like the straight world. Like I I know you know this Rick, people are super curious about our journeys. So my lesbian and gay friends um, all ask me a ton of questions about coming out later in life because they're really curious about it. Mm And the most wonderful part of all, like my partner says to me, I have never heard so many coming out stories in my life. I have heard thousands of them because invariably the person that came out at 22 will start telling me their story. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities in our stories. No matter, we should do a podcast about that. (laughs) There's a lot of similarities. You you
0: can almost, you can almost just, pinpoint okay this is what's going to happen here this is again what happened
1: yeah yeah, exactly. yeah like i like uh, quick qu- quick aside you know i've told my family and told my straight friends that i'm gay and now nobody talks to me about it anymore yep mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. what happens <laughs> uh,
0: the only ones that will keep talking to you about it are the ones that think that by talking to you about it, they're going to change you and get them <laughs> one step into heaven so there you go
1: there you go and
0: yeah that, that was like you know okay so yeah i just threw a whole bunch of people into one category but then, <laughs> It's my podcast and I can throw people wherever I want. So. But it's interesting because my my last question kind of on my list and then we'll go to yours and just because it kind of all stair steps together is then mm-hmm. so suddenly it's like, okay, but you do get out in the community and folks, you got to still be yourself there because <laughs> mm-hmm. there is no way to certain way to be gay, lesbian, bi or trans, but God bless them. Our community, sometimes they really want to tell us how to do this. and mm-hmm. I love them for that. Okay, and I made a life out of doing that, except I don't feel like I tell people how to do it. It's like, I hope in the work that I do and with this podcast and everything that we guide people to find their own truth and how they show up as gay, lesbian, bi, or trans. But you will encounter people who are like, well, this is how you do gay, this is how you do lesbian, and all this sort of (laughs) stuff. And especially if you're somebody who came from a straight heterosexual marriage that's like, well, let us give you the handbook. I don't need the fucking handbook, just (laughs) accept me, embrace me, and move forward. But I think this is something that if you don't encounter it, God bless you, because yeah. you're a lucky one. Because so, there's a lot so of this in the community.
1: I've got a great little antidote about that. So on our secret group, a lot mm. of times women change their look
0: mm, and they mm. will
1: post, do I look gay? Do I look like a lesbian and stuff like that? They'll do you know, cut hair, wear different All clothes right. and stuff like that. The best re- the best comment anybody re- Was look in the mirror. That's what a gay person looks like. (laughs)
0: Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah,
1: that's so. So just be you, like Rick said. Look in the mirror. That's what a gay person looks like. A queer person, a trans person, a lesbian person. That's what you look like. That's what you look in the mirror, and that's what they look like.
0: So, of course, we're taking you guys all through a a quick journey here, but I wanted to end with this question on Anne-Marie's list because I hate to tell you folks, it's going to come up and you're going to be like, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, and I'm not talking about whatever sexual connotation you want to put on that. What's going to (laughs) really, truly suck is you're going to be in the midst of your coming out and what's going to happen, Anne-Marie?
1: You might fall in love with somebody.
0: (laughs) And then what's going to happen?
1: your emotions are absolutely all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It,
1: you know, um, that's, that's, that's the beauty. Um, you know, Glennon Doyle, um, mm-hmm. she's very famous for have been a very straight writer and then married, um, yep. Abby Wambach. And yep. so, so she's pretty famous about that. She coined the term Brutiful, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the combination between beautiful and brutal. Um, so what I'm not, I don't want to scare anybody here, but what I'm talking about is that oftentimes we are in the midst of falling in love and finding out who we are and also in the midst of really grieving. Um, uh, and so that's why our emotions are all over the place. Um, I was a grief counselor before I came out and it literally took me about eight months into my journey before I realized I was grieving because my emotions were all over the place. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, All of us have different stories, but sometimes we are, uh, we are all living, leaving our straight identity Mm -hmm. behind. That's, that's a given for every one of us. But oftentimes we are leaving marriages that we've had for a long time. Some of them have been relatively happy and peaceful. I mean, not everybody who comes out had a spouse that they, they, you know, I, I was very good friends with my ex-husband. We were friends and co-parents. We did not hate each other or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, we, are, uh, we have to come out to our children, so that changes the dynamics between us and our children. Yep. We are leaving, sometimes our identities are tied to their, our work, so I was, I, became a, I was a chaplain in a hospice, and all of a sudden I was a lesbian chaplain mm-hmm. in the uh, hospice, and that really changed things for me. And um, uh, we also sometimes leave jobs. We leave um, homes. Some of us move out of our homes and find new homes. Some, and then also, too, some of us just move because it's so hard that exactly. we just have to start a new life. So guess what I just named? Probably the five biggest transitions
0: of life. Absolutely. And
1: then, and we then we're coming on and <laughs> then we're coming out. Right.
0: As- and then we're coming out and then we're wondering why are our emotions all over the place? It's
1: yeah. part
0: so- of the life journey of being a human.
1: Yeah. And so I just, I guess my, my, um, my advice, um, having done this myself, um, first of all, the gift of doing this is it gives you such great empathy towards others, mm-hmm. especially those who are grieving a huge life transition. Yeah. Um, but also to, to give yourself space to do that. It is okay to be sad. And I really have a real honest conversation with your new girlfriend or boyfriend or partner or whatever, because if, so some of us end up partnering with people that are doing the same things themselves. So that causes more chaos. But some of us, like I partnered with someone who had been out for a while and Mm -hmm. it, she had enormous patience with me because Mm -hmm. um, you know, she had to, watch me do all this and then not take it personally, you know, and, and that's a real biggie. So, you know, if you're, so if you're the partner of somebody who's going through this, find your own support group, you know, find your own people, like find another man or a woman who's been with somebody who's newly out because they can give you wonderful advice, how to stay the course if you really love this person. You know, so there's a lot of grief stuff going on. Just give yourself time, just recognize it. And I'm just going to say, Rick is a lot further down the road than I am. He's, you know, 20 years, right? You said I'm only three, um, but I still have my moments of grieving. Me too. Yeah. You know, when I see certain things or, and I remember the time when I used to pretend I was straight. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
0: And I think (laughs) that's the reason that we wanted to have this particular podcast to Mm. start off the month because it's Mm. so important to get these questions out and get things answered. And as I said, Anne-Marie and I will be back in a couple of weeks with a different little twist on everything about how far we both feel that we have come. So um, thanks again, Anne-Marie, for being here and being part of this Pride Celebration Month with me. I so appreciate you.
1: Oh, thank you for the opportunity. It was a great conversation.
0: Awesome. And just stay tuned, folks, because next week we are going to continue the Pride celebration with some transformations. And I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to be shocked by what we talk about on the next show. So take care, everyone. Enjoy your Pride celebrations and join us in just another week for Life Uncloseted as we celebrate Pride. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us